0: chapter eight of a superfluous woman by emma frances brooke this librivox recording is in the public domain read by bruce peary one afternoon jessamine had been tempted to take a longer walk than usual and found herself some miles away from home overtired and dragging exhaustedly along the highway alone moreover the sky threatened storm while in this evil case she heard behind the sound of wheels and turning round saw mcgillivray approaching in an open trap as he came up he lifted his hat and jessamine signed to him to stop are you going back home mr mcgillivray asked she oh yes i am going to d'alfaber i am very tired would you be so kind as to let me drive with you "'Indeed, Miss Halliday, and I will be most pleased Whatever, responded Colin, with his most courteous air. Jessamine got into the vehicle by his side. It was a very common dog-cart, ill-hung and of preposterous height, and the horse that pulled it was an imperfectly broken-in farm-beast that started and shied on every small occasion nevertheless she nestled down by the driver with a sense of well-being thrusting her hands under the rough rug which he folded carefully over her because the air was chill it was the first time she had had an opportunity of really long-continued converse with mcgillivray and in all these weeks it seemed to her that she had but nibbled at the outside crust of intercourse and now while the horse jogged on at a lurching trot she feared that he was disposed for silence there is storm in the sky she ventured at last ay answered colin friend or foe and as he spoke he leaned forward the reins hanging loosely in his hands and looked skyward the horse instantly dropped into a walk jessamine seized the opportunity of mcgillvray's altered attitude to observe more deliberately the firm line of his profile the composed folding of his lips the steady uplift of his eyelid and the clear depth of his eye this was not an intellectual face but it was a strong one with the unconquerable quality of mass his proximity brought with it impressions of warmth wholesomeness and power and his elusive silence piqued curiosity at once by a denial and a promise after so much clever or vapid chatter how this reticence spoke to her inmost mind friend or foe repeated jessamine inquiringly a body gets thinkin wiles said colin still staring upward yes returned jessamine he glanced down at her and pointed to the sky with his whip we hoe and deg and drive the plough said he but yon is the great tiller Mornin by mornin we go out to search his face, and then we must be waitin on his smile or frown. Yes, it will be a strange thing to work so hard and be so helpless whilst a man's heart feels sore in his body when he stands by the cornfields to see the grain beaten with the smitin of the showers until the yellow heads lie low on the bet land and then come eventide the clouds open and the sunshine flies and sets the hills laughing under it and though the grain lies beaten the sunshine wends Winds? ay wends the soreness from the heart is that because it is beautiful Oh, yes because it is beautiful The smile runs over the heart and makes a body think. Does it? Oh, yes. It will be like a book with thoughts in it. But you get tired of always working and always waiting. Colin looked over towards his horse's ears with a smile. Aye, a body gets tired, but the sky will not be always against us, and when the weather's grand it works for ten still you are obliged to be constantly doing the same thing from year's end to year's end oh yes just so returned colin quietly and do you not wish for something different an odd momentary light shot into colin's face from some inward source whilst a body dreams said he and then you want to get away to do something different said jessamine leaping to probable conclusions no it suffices answered the man what suffices asked jessamine discontentedly closing up her idea the dreamin' is enough repeated mcgillivray it will be a wonder where the thoughts will be coming from that enter a man's head and how such strangers to one another and so uncalled for as they will be they will just end always in the same thing and how do they end in a thankfulness that a man's way is appointed and in findin that after all it looks beautifully oh said jessamine well yes perhaps after all that is the best perhaps it is beautiful oh yes returned colin with delight it will be beautiful the shinin' that comes into a body's mind from within is a guide and makes the limits of his path plain and yet yet what the slow rare smile hovered again about his lips he flicked several flies off his horse as he stared reflectively at it before answering "If we bide a wee who knows said he as though to himself he spoke so inwardly that the words were as the shutting of a lid over some secret treasure of the spirit jessamine was left on the outside of the closed casket she wanted to undo the lock and to see that which he would not display and rash desire precipitated her into indiscretion do you ever talk like this to your friend mr mackenzie asked she no returned colin shortly a light alarm whipping the dreams out of his face he flicked his horse sharply over the ears as he answered and tightened the reins and the beast resumed its trot jessamine bit her lip in regretful vexation all her life the beautiful miss halliday had blotted out the landscape for her and it had been so sweet and new a thing to be forgotten while this man revealed one corner of the undiscovered treasures of his mind after this they drove on for some distance until they encountered a flock of sheep which were being driven along the road to new pastures they were going in an opposite direction and had traveled for many miles and many days the shepherds looked tired and exasperated and the dogs were wearying of the distinction of their office colin careful of adding to labor because he knew the meaning of labor drew up against the side of the road it took several minutes for the flock to pass and then he drove on again for about a quarter of a mile the railroad a single country line at this point ran parallel to and close upon the road colin suddenly brought his horse again to a standstill and rose up from his seat what is it asked jessamine that will be a sheep from the flock we have just met returned McGilfrey, pointing along the line with his whip the poor silly beastie has strayed away and is runnin on the railroad oh dear said jessamine standing up too to look in her turn and there should be a train comin soon added colin taking out his watch oh dear me cried jessamine it will be killed can't we save it "'We will be trying to—whatever,' answered Colin, jumping from the dog-cart. When on the road he hesitated for a second and glanced up at Jessamine. The glance was doubtful, but the air with which he turned away was unmistakably disparaging. "'I can hold the reins,' said she, mistaking his idea. "'Oh, yes,' replied the man, "'but the horse will stand well enough.' Then he climbed the embankment and ran on until he overtook the sheep. The only result was that the animal slipped past him and raced along the path of peril in the opposite direction. This happened more than once, and at last he stood still looking vexed and baffled. Jessamine meanwhile had felt the spur of that single disparaging glance. Mr McGillvray, she called from the dog-cart, cannot I help you? McGilvery, from his place on the embankment, once more surveyed the slim and cultivated grace of her figure as she stood up in the trap. His estimate set her obviously at naught, and he said nothing. But she jumped out of the dog-cart, climbed the embankment, and stood by his side, for his look smarted in her heart. "'I might stand here.' said she making the proposition timidly while you try and drive it back once more that will do it returned mcgillivray cheerfully it is most kind of you it is bound to jump down if there will be one of us on either side you will be standing here and will be waving your arms and shoutin' if it comes your way having made this proposition and without waiting for a reply he ran off again leaving her with his command upon her conscience she was considerably startled at the situation but nevertheless stood where he had directed her arms open and ready to wave like any automaton scarecrow and her lips parted ready to shout colin had got some two hundred yards distant and the game began the sheep proved sillier than is even usual it ran up and down between them but clung to the line at last it made a determined rush toward jessamine and she being inwardly frightened for though small it had horns instead of dashing at it with such outcry as she could make shrank back out of the way drawing her skirts together and letting it get past to the line beyond a shout from mcgillvray carried a note of derision sooner than tolerate it she recalled her courage tore after the sheep at her utmost speed got in front of it again and drove it back toward him with desperate bravery it began to be really exciting it was the first time jessamine had tasted real comradeship with a man comradeship is impossible where sex is predominant and in the refined world which she had forsaken sex stands opposite to sex the stronger with the stirrings of an exhausted sensuality the weaker comporting itself as a recherche morsel which knows its price but here all was changed this stalwart peasant saw her only as a serviceable human being he shouted orders in a peremptory tone as he ran hither and thither, and she made every effort to obey them, sending back shrill retorts when necessary, her voice forsaking, in the exigency of the moment, that sweet lowness which is an excellent thing in drawing rooms. All this Russian scramble was a matter of a few minutes. Suddenly, an electric something flashed into jessamine's face and changed it in her look and movements great effort had hitherto been discernible but now a vivid uncontrollable spontaneity animated her her quick eye had seen the expected train approaching behind McGilvery, and at the same moment she saw that occupied with running and shouting he heard nothing he was about fifty yards distant from her and at the instant of her discovery abandoning without a shadow of hesitation both the sheep and herself she dashed forward at him along the line her arms wildly outstretched and a shriek of warning upon her lips it was a swift unpremeditated and scarcely conscious action she came back to a more normal state to find herself being snatched by mcgillivray from the embankment the sheep tumbling down headlong beside them while the train flew past with horrid din why what ails the lass cried mcgillivray his rude grasp was still upon her her slight figure yielded and her cheek and hair rested against the rough texture of his coat When he saw her eyes close and a quiver distort her lips, he forgot the distinction of rank which hitherto he had been so careful to record in the least shade of his bearing, and thought only how tones of the voice and the homely pressure of firm muscle may reassure human terror. The sheep meanwhile began to tear up the road in the right direction, and the train disappeared. Why, what will be ailing her? he repeated with emotion, she will be looking as frightened as the poor beastie itself. It will be too much running for her, after all. Oh, I am most sorry, I am most sorry." "'Oh, no, no, no,' cried Jessamine, opening her eyes and giving a great sigh. "'I thought you didn't see the train. Oh, I thought you didn't see it. I thought—oh, I don't know what I thought.' and then scales as it were fell from her eyes she knew that there was no scare neither had there been danger or alarm suddenly she realized that her terror had been the creation of inexperience and that mcgillivray treating her as one would treat a foolish terrified child was holding her in a close embrace she snatched herself from his arms the side which he had so rudely pressed blushing unseen with angry shame and stood defiantly apart fury flecking her cheeks and dropping a veil upon her eyes mcgillivray when she withdrew from him let his arms fall and stood contemplating her with an aspect of quiet wonder upon this at last a pucker of amusement stole it began to dawn upon him that this slight whiff of humanity had supposed his own large and vigorous person to be in danger and had flung herself forward to save him it tickled all his heart and filled his whole nature with ecstatic laughter yet so gentle and tender an expression crossed the mighty amusement of his smile that it went far to win him forgiveness oh no he said oh no i'm all right his voice disparaged himself i'm all right whatever then he turned to his horse and vaguely touched the harness about its nose after which he took the reins suddenly into his hand we will be going home now said he gravely the sheep is safe and it is all well over jessamine still furious and still shivering found no method by which to assert her outraged dignity the mere sense of mass in the nature of this man compelled her she felt rather than saw the tranquil expectation of his eye and her resources ran down to nothing with a completely subdued air she got in by his side And they drove off in silence. End of chapter eight.